When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at TeachHoops.com. For coaches who want to get better, from the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach Unplugged, episode 570. Today, we're going to do um, an uh, interview with Herb Welling. Um, this is a rewind episode. I thought it was a good one. I'm going to pull some rewinds over the next you know, couple months that I think are good. Thing about um, iTunes and all of them, they only they only put up the the last 300. So there's some interviews and things that I think if you haven't heard them, I want to put them up. Um, this is going to be a great one, so enjoy it. Um, and then take 30 seconds, do three things for me: go over and subscribe and like and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. Go join teachhoops.com before prices increase because I know you want to become a better basketball coach. And go over and just give the people a coach unplug or a coach unplug. Give the people over at Dr. Dish a call. Tell them we sent you. Um, it helps us keep the lights on here on, the, on, on this podcast and to keep putting new content out and for me to spend all this time finding interviews and things like that. So um, we do appreciate that. We appreciate the, the, when you subscribe and you leave reviews, but we really appreciate when you call Dr. Dish and tell them that you heard, heard it from us and um, they'll give you $350 off your next purchase. So go do that and let's head off to the podcast. All right. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. Um, coach, can you, can you pronounce your last name for me? Welling. Welling. Okay. I, I, I always butcher last names, So I always ask people. Um, so, mm-hmm. so we're, well, the way usually I start these podcasts is I have people kind of, um, go through their basketball journey. I know a bit about it, but, um, you know, where you started kind of, I know your five star and all that kind of um journey you had but if you could just kind of share with everybody that's listening kind of your basketball i don't know experience or journey right okay so i start out um um, when i was like um say uh 10 years old and i uh got to watch like uh henry bibbins that's how i call bibbins lunch so i fell in love with uh basketball at that moment and I was a huge uh, UCLA basketball fan, and uh, 
I guess at the age of 12, I always wanted to replace John Wooden. <laughs> it was my goal at uh, UCLA. So I guess it would be UCLA. Um, we moved to, uh, my dad got stationed at Fort Carson in Colorado. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, got to, uh, watch, uh, the Denver Nuggets training camp there with Larry Brown and, uh, uh, David Thompson and Dan Issel, Bobby Jones, and, uh, you know, a bunch of other, other guys. So I got to watch the whole week at a real young age. And the only basketball camp I got to go to, uh, was Larry Bones uh, growing up. So it's like, uh, I think it's it funny was, how uh, I think it's funny how teams because I I grew up like Lakers Celtics kind of thing you know it was like right that was that was the defining moment you were either a Lakers fan or a Celtics fan you couldn't be both um, right and then the kids this year I mean it was Magic and Larry and it was you know you, you were right down the center you either picked one or the other but I think it's funny how that kind of those kind of moments kind of define you as a as a lover of the game of as a coach and those kind of things. All right, so then yeah, what happened? So then we got fortunate. We got fortunate uh, that uh, what what it was called USA Basketball when it was first called, it was run by a guy named Bill Wall. They moved to uh, Colorado Springs to have their uh, headquarters because the Olympic Training Center was uh, just built there, um, and it was called ABA USA at that time. Okay. So Bill Wall, Bill Wall would let me uh, see like all these. Uh, yearbooks from from FIBA and from ABA USA and all these basketball books and uh and and he just let me hang in his office so um I get I got to watch uh you know a lot of uh sports festival teams play the the four uh teams uh when we used to have the Olympic sports festival so I get to watch a lot of different practices and uh, got to watch the 1980 Olympic team that didn't get to go to the Olympics uh, practice in Colorado Springs Thanks. and play. And they had a, like Isaiah Thomas and Mark Aguirre and, and a great player, Michael Brooks, who if he would have never torn up his knee, would have been a great NBA player as well. Yeah, he would have been. Yeah. I remember him. Yep. And then Sam Bowie was on that team, Darnell Valentine. So it was, uh, it was quite, the, quite the thing. And then my... I um, didn't really have like a, it wasn't a great situation. The reason I like pushed myself as a coach is because uh, at that time there wasn't a great uh, teaching in elementary school or, uh, or uh, junior high. Right. So there was nothing. And so I said, I'm never going to let a kid go through that like I did. So I always, uh, I started buying, uh, probably books while I was in high school and, uh, and then my high school coach had about, he was from originally from, uh, Richmond, Indiana. And, uh, I know that he is. had films by a he had films and he played there. He played, in, he played in the same final four as a mile and won it all there. Right. Uh, the, yeah. The yeah. Yep. That so league. Yeah. Leagues. That's a crazy yeah. league. That Richmond league is a crazy league where I think the minimum seating capacity is like 10,000 for a high school gym in that league. Yeah. So, so yeah. he had, uh, he had every, like it was eight millimeter film or 16 millimeter films of everything. And he'd won the state championship in Colorado in 71 and 73. And then we had an older 
uh, black gentleman come in and uh, coach and teach uh, the fast break and get us in condition. Uh, um, a guy named John McClendon. Yeah. So, but us as a, as as a kids, we didn't really know who he was. He's a humble, great teacher, and you know you don't realize that he's like James Naismith's uh, protege. Right. And and my high school coach was uh, extremely close to him, so his system of play was pretty much John McClendon's system of play. Right. Um, fast break and uh, use the four corners, which. John McClendon invented, not Dean Smith. Right. So it was that. So I got to read a bunch of stuff, and uh, and uh, our high school back then started as a as a sophomores uh, started it instead of that. So, um, with that being said, uh, the junior high basketball in Colorado Springs wasn't uh, the best, you know. Right. We had maybe one coaching junkie, and. Um, he later on helps me become a, a really good coach. So, yeah, I think it's funny how the how the generations have changed too. You know, I you, you don't see where I'm sitting right now, but I basically have a, a, a full room, a bookshelf of books because I think we grew up in a different era where you know I got I have a couple. On, what do I have on my desk right now? I'm reading um, I'm reading coaching your sons because my son's a freshman right now, and I'm reading the smart take from the strong, which is a Pete Corral book, which is an awesome book. But it's amazing how. Um, I think that I think you know maybe the generation that's coming up isn't they're maybe more visual than they are sitting down and reading a good basketball book and um, I think that's changed a little bit. Yeah, and I got like I got Steve, I got like uh, every medalist book that you could have, and the Seven Up Coaches yearbooks, some Gregor. Oh, I've all those USA I've coaches. Those. I got all. I got them from like the sixties on. I know, and I got VHS tapes too. I'm hoping that they keep making VHS because I got so many VHS tapes. Oh, it's it's crazy how many tapes I have. So what 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 I did was uh, I got I got subscriptions because we you know we read about stuff in the streets and slip. So I ended up uh, subscribing to Eastern Basketball Basketball Weekly, and then Basketball Times came along. But then that's I started reading about the camps. There were two major camps right there, which five star and DC camp. Right. Run by uh, Bill Cronauer. And yep. and I, went to, by I, went to, I went to BC. I didn't go to five star. I don't know if it's a Midwest thing. I went to the one in Indiana. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Rensselaer, right? Yeah, it was in Rensselaer. And it was like, and for the people listening right now, so I, I graduated high school in 85. It was like, there wasn't the AAU system that there is now. You, if you wanted to play, you went to one of these camps. This is sure. if you were legit and you could play, you wanted to go to one of these camps because that's where you got you got seen. You didn't get seen on you know in Vegas on a in a Tuesday in July. It was one of these camps is where you'd make a you know you'd make a ranking and then someone would follow up. And um, I'm just putting in perspective for people listening. The, the the shift has obviously happened toward AAU, but. Keep going. Right. I'm very. And then what's what's what what's sad is uh, the the other things that kids got to grow up with at our time. Since I like I lived in a military town that's Colorado Springs, you got Fort Carson, the Air Force Academy, you had uh, Peterson Air Force Base, and, and other things. Is uh, we got to go play the GIs all the time, right? Which uh, got eliminated after nine eleven. Yeah. For kids, kids couldn't go out, and that's 
playing against the older guys that were Division One players and joined the military. And yeah. I saw Coach K play. I saw Coach K play as a uh, as a. Uh, and they don't want that happen because it's poor Carson. Is it security? Yeah, security. Yeah, security. You should be able to just take the bus. And it, uh, um, you know, I lived on Fort Carson, but when I moved off of Fort Carson, right, you should be able to play, uh, take the bus, go on. They let you let you off, go to go to the uh, gym and play. Right, play against the GIs, and the same thing at Peterson Air Force Base. Right. Okay, so we're not. No worry. We figured you were in. I figured you were in Colorado, and you hit some mountains or something. You couldn't the reception. Right. No. <laughs> All right, go ahead. So, so, so let's let's start where we, I, you cut off there a little bit at the end. So you're talking about the GI guys. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but going and playing against the military guys, and and they, uh, kids don't get that opportunity to go play against adults very often anymore. Right. Okay. There's not there's no uh, specific runs anymore or, or great runs. You know what I'm saying? So you used to go to uh, play at colleges for runs. You used to go right. play at the military base. Right. For runs. Well, and what's funny is like I grew up in in Madison, Wisconsin. I could tell you every place you wanted to go if you wanted a game. You'd go to Penn Park. You go to Madison. I mean, there were like four or five spots that you would go, and and all but one of them were outside. <laughs> And right. you know you could go on a Tuesday at four and get a run if you wanted to. Um, and I think that I think that's hurt the game a little bit. Um, you yeah, because the older guys used to teach the younger guys how to play. They did. And I had an older brother, which helped and, a lot. Yeah. And then, then we used to go up and play at the uh, uh, Salvation Army Red Shield Center up in uh, Denver, where um, Michael Ray Richardson came out of. Um right. Uh, Larry Farmer that played at UCLA came out of, and a bunch of pros that played there all the time. So Scott Wedman, Joe Barry Carroll, uh, Tom Chambers, the Gondrzak brothers. So what so, happened after? But, so so explain what happened after your high school career then. Okay, here's what happened. I I uh, came in with a really big class. Okay, my parents get a divorce. And I kind of come become like a street kid, and then I just play pickup ball on the streets, and right. uh, and and go from there. And then I, uh, um, uh, the assistant coach Tom Sandoval kind of helped save my life, so to speak. So he got up to me where, hey, why don't you be the manager? Okay, because I I would have never been eligible grade wise, right? Um, and so I got to do that. So I got to practice all the time with all the guys, whatever. And um, and go from there. But uh, um, I uh, got my first uh, taste of uh, going to a state tournament in our senior year, and uh, always wanted to go back and, and and win one of those. You know, yeah, they're pretty so special. They're pretty special. They're they're, they're incredible. So I've yeah. been fortunate to win three state championships as a as a varsity assistant and, uh, and that. So it was, uh, it was a big deal because it was at McNichols arena, which is torn down now with another played at. And, yeah. um, well, I tell people that for listening to that, it's crazy. Like, um, you know, you, there's a lot of, a lot of momentous things in your life, but when you win a state title, it's even, I think it's even different than winning a national title at the, at the collegiate level, because these are kids you grew up with. They're kids that you've known since you were in kindergarten, you were able to do something. Um, you know, I coach Wesley Matthews who plays for the, for the Mavericks and he still talks about it because that was all his buddies. It's all his friends. Hey coach. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. 
a couple things that don't, doesn't cost you a cent to do. You can subscribe and like, leave a written review. We really like that. You can go over to our YouTube channel. Just type in Teach Hoops on YouTube and you find our YouTube channel. Um, subscribe, like there, so you'll always get the updates. Um, next thing is um, you, if you do any shopping on Amazon, go down below, click our Amazon link, www.teachhoops.com backslash Amazon. Anytime you're doing shopping on Amazon, we get a small little commission. Helps us with our hosting fees. Be surprised how expensive it is to run one of these. And if you really love this stuff, you know, let me help you. Let me mentor you. Let me uh, email. Let me get on one-on-one -on -one calls. Let me show you all the resources that will help me become one of the winningest coaches in the state of Wisconsin. You know, um, you know that's why I'm doing this. I want to help coaches become better. Um, so teachhoops.com can do that. All right, let's head off to the podcast. Six years ago, I was disappointed in the, uh, the state tournament here. I'm, I feel bad for the kids because it's not played at the uh, Pepsi Center here. Where is it? It um, isn't? No, it's played. Uh, it's been played at the uh, University of Colorado, or the uh, and the University of Colorado needs a new arena, in my opinion, desperately. Right. Um. Um. And then um, it's played at the Denver Coliseum. That's like you know older than dirt, basically. <laughs> and it's not it the same feel. It's not built for basketball. It's not the same thing. You know, here is like in they hold the wrestling state wrestling meet at the Pepsi Center. You don't hold basketball, which is the you know right. It's kind of like football. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like in mini in Minnesota hockey kind of rules in Minnesota, and then uh, right. You know, basketball kind of the second fiddle. It's it's so sad. Um, yeah. So uh, let me ask you. Let's ask some basketball questions. I got some questions for you here. If you could only okay. do um, if you could only do three things at practice, what would you do and why? Oh, three things at practice. I would. Uh, um, I definitely, because uh, I love shooting, so shooting would be the one thing that I would uh, definitely do. Okay. And then, um, and then uh, peer pressure drills and transition defense. Yeah, I think transition defense is way underrated. Um, I think it's so, uh, if you don't get back, you're going to get beat. And I think if you do get back and make people play five on five, which most teams I don't think are very uh, exceptional at half-court offense, I don't think they are. Right. Do you guys have a shot clock in your uh, state? No, I wish, uh, wish they did. If you could go back, if you could go back as a younger coach, what would you tell yourself? To be uh, patient and to uh, uh, keep things simple. The greatest lesson I learned from my high school coach is to stay away from the refs, which I never got really on the refs. But still, even, you know, just coach the game and the kids and, you know, leave them wrestling. Right. And that's, I think that's hard. You see this thing that happened with LeVar Ball today. You know, he walks off. And yeah. Summarize your coaching philosophy. You kind of did there a little bit. You know, what would, what would be I your think, I think I think my coaching philosophy would be uh, uh, team play, fundamentals, and conditioning. You know, I, I think that uh, the we, I think that the, the, the 12th man is just as important as the, 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 the star player. And don't be afraid to coach the star player. Right, and I think a lot of I think a lot of these guys are scared to coach the star player. Yeah, <laughs> they definitely are in the summer. I think. So what goes yeah. into what goes into a practice plan for you? So let's say you're coming in, you're walking in the gym. What goes into? Because um, I've been doing a lot of digging and practice planning. Because I'm a teacher too. I think I don't. I'm not sure practice planning is something that's done really effectively at this point. Um, you know, yeah. it's like a lesson plan. But okay, so so in 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 keeping everything simple, uh, Steve, 
is I uh, uh, believe is is having like shooting be the pre-practice. Okay. Okay. And then ju- jump into uh, the, my my practice is Oregon State Ralph Miller. So it's going to be every day. It's going to be two lane setups, split the post drill, um, um, three lane rush, three man figure eight, um, three on three, four on four. And three so three. you do. So you do the same thing every day for ninety days, or do you vary it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to do that, and then that gives me the first uh, forty five minutes. That's every day. You know, something every day, and then. Uh, working you know just keep on working uh and then that gives me an hour and 15 to do potpourri basically you know right and, and, and yeah but, I, I love, but I love i'm making it. sure that, you know i you know i love that but, description uh, you know, of potpourri because it's like i always talked about madeline hunter it's like you got to be you have this outline when you walk in and then you got to be willing to adjust you got to be willing to monitor and adjust like right. so you know, i this, guess it would be more or less like since you're reading like pete Peril, all right, right. Yeah. Pete Carrill's uh, first 30 minutes is, uh, is uh, fundamentals like Ralph Miller's was. Right. Okay? So it's basically uh, the same thing. And then they're going into, I guess after that, I'd be more five on five, Steve. After yep. that, after that 45 minutes. Right. I'd be more five on five. But I'm making sure five on five that I'm covering. So we're going into uh, um, breaking every type of press. Okay, right. And at each level, so it's full court, three quarter court, half court, and working on that daily. All right, and it's working on daily, uh, working against odd front zones and even front zones. Okay, yeah, so, so yeah, so yeah. I tell what I tell because there's such a wide range of coaches that listen to this podcast. It's crazy. What I tell them is it's almost like a line going down. When you're dealing with a third to fifth grader, the, the most of your practice should be fundamentals. And as right. and as it, and as as they get older, the amount of fundamentals go down because you're working on other things right. because they are able to dribble with their left hand or go you know right. jump stop or do those kind of things. So you know if you go you know what are they working on? So it's kind of a line. It's the math teacher in me, but you know when they're starting up there in third and fourth grade or fifth grade, a lot of that practice is fundamentals. It isn't the five on five, right. which is what I see when yeah, I go. And to I'm like, and that's why yeah. I say that I did. I did this for 23 years as a as a as a fifth through eighth grade coach. Right. Ralph Miller system. I did it there too as well. Right. Okay. And it developed more than 75 kids that went in and played the uh, you know Division One or Division Two basketball because they had the basis. It's like you can't read yeah, a novel yeah. before you know your letters. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, that's what I say. And it emphasized the past was the main weapon. And Ralph uh, Miller's system is the pass was uh, the main weapon. The 80-81 uh, Ralph Miller team at Oregon State was the best passing team I've ever seen in college. Who's, the best, who's the best passer you've ever seen in person? person. Magic, John. Yeah, my, my, dad, my dad and I get in an argument about this. I would agree. I mean, he, he, says, he says Oscar Robinson was unbelievable. Um, right. Yeah. But it's hard, yeah. Magic. Well, Magic had the Magic, magic. and then one day would be Larry Bird. I mean, yeah, and they had size to be able to see too. That helped. Um, right. They were able to see the floor, and that size helped. What would you What would you tell a young coach that wanted to get into coaching? And I always get these emails. It's like, oh, I want to become a coach, you know, and depending on the level. Well, but, the, the, what it's what it's sad, Steve, is uh, we're um, 
being a um, person that worked the camp era, you know, I've worked over three, four hundred basketball camps in my lifetime. There right. isn't that training ground anymore. There isn't. Okay, I'm, I'm, I worked five star, a million sessions of five star. Right. Okay, I worked Morgan Wooten's camp at Mason Dixon. Right. I worked Bob Hurley basketball school, Duke, uh, Nebraska, Iowa, Iowa State, you know, uh, those kind of things. You know what I'm saying? Uh, right. Princeton's camp. Uh, there's no. Uh, there's nothing like that anymore. Right, and that was where the networking happened too, you know. Right. Yeah, and then you're learning different styles of coaching and teachers. Like, you know, at Five Star, you're learning under uh, Rick Pitino, Hubie Brown, Dave Odom, Jerry Wainwright, Will Rays, uh, Calipari's. uh, Right. You know, and so on. You know, you're learning under the best teachers of the game, you know. And you're like you're learning different styles. You're learning from the Indiana high school coaches, the Illinois high school coaches. And you're learning from the Northeast coaches, uh, from uh, you know, from uh, Baltimore, um, you know, D.C. and Virginia and New Jersey and you know, New York City and in uh, the East Coast. You know, so you're learning different styles. And from the South, uh, when you worked uh, at Radford from at, uh, Virginia five-star you're learning from all the southern coaches you know right so tell tell us tell us a little bit about five-star how you got hooked up with five-star and that intrigued eddie Schilling, that's the new assistant coach at indiana right um but yeah i would say he got me in there good and he uh he uh told howard garfinkel that i should be his right hand man and, and worked uh, the camp so they just kind of garford lost his uh right-hand man, the king of five-star, he used to call Frank Marino. Uh, Frank Marino had passed away, and then Ed uh, suggested that to Garf that since I knew a lot of people and Garf knew a lot of people, that uh, we should, uh, I should help him run the camp, you know, during the summer. So what a great, is, we, and, and I met Howard, we, we played in um, Beach Ball Classic, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, and I got to meet him. I'd met him, you know, in my 30s, but what a great man. I mean, so personable, Took time to talk to my guys. Um, okay. But he, he predicted all this, the, the game here. Yeah. 25 years ago, he said this all happened. What we got now. Really? It was a disaster for the game. He, there's no predominance for all this stuff. He and foresaw what, all of this. And how did he see that? He see the money? He said they're going to teaching and the money. Yeah. They, we're going to go away from teaching and the money, you know? Yeah, it was going to go everything to the money. He called the always called five star the last bastion of teaching. Well, of course that's not true, you know. But right. that's what he felt in his mind was this the last bastion of teaching, you know, at that time. You know what I'm saying? So he's more into discovering teaching talent than he was into discovering Michael Jordan, LeBron James, or Vince Carter or somebody. You know? Right. No, I know. I mean, he was, and he had such a knack for yeah, being able to see it too. But you know, um, yeah. If you could, if you could talk to one coach for an hour in any sport or anything, well, who would it be and why? Oh, it's easy. It's easy. I, I, and I get to talk to him anytime I want. Is Bob Hurley? He's the best. I can't believe it's closing either. <laughs> no, no, it's just that the thing. But uh, it's it's uh, crazy. You know, the Catholic Church has got more money than God. You know, right? You can't keep a bill. Uh, so I thought uh, that would be. Uh, what that church's beliefs are is uh, helping others, helping the poor. Right. So, so what's he going to do now? It's all about money. I think he's just going to work with uh, 
uh, give it a year and work with young kids uh, in Jersey City. He has a passion. He don't care, you know, how old you are. He's working yeah. with kids, you know. He's still doing his camps. And, yeah. You know, it's a sad situation that uh, it can't get financed. But it's right. sad, you know. I know. I was watching the special, too. Do you, uh, do you have any superstitions? Yeah, I do. I do have some uh, superstition. Take a nap before the game, you know, before the game. That's a good idea. Coach K does that. And, and it does, uh, I would guess a, a map. Uh, I have uh, the other thing is is that uh, um, I have you know different feels for the game long before the game. You know what I'm saying? So it's a right. I guess I would be a preparation, uh, making sure everything's covered type of thing. You right. know what I'm saying? That, yep. You're over prepared like me. Yeah, I'm over. Yeah. So, so that when game day is easy, so, so, I sleep like a I sleep like a baby the night before a game, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I can't do anything. Too. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. like people are going, "Are you sleeping? You're playing?" And I go, "It doesn't matter. I I I can't practice at eleven o'clock at night with my guys when we play the next day. I'm done. I gotta just show up yeah. at this point." Um, yeah. And, yeah. And so the other thing, the other thing is uh, that I got from my high school coach is that the the first half is just for fun. What do you mean by the that? First half is. First half was just for fun because most of uh, the, the first half really doesn't matter. Either you're up big, uh, close, or whatever. It just doesn't matter. The first half is just for fun. And then you can play and come back from you know, most situations or you can, you know. Right. The first half is just for fun. You play the first half just for fun. Fun. I like that. I've never heard that. That's true, though. It's like it's not, that's not where yeah. games are decided. Um, no. Yeah, they're really not. If you could, if you could change one thing about basketball, what would you change? Um, this is what I would, I would do is I, I would take out the three point line and why? Why I think I think that we uh, will get other things back into the game that we 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 uh, we are missing uh, more of a working for the best shot possible. I think that's why like the the really good offensive coaches uh, when we were growing up that I think they struggled the most. Uh, with converting to that um, would be like Bobby Knight and Denny Crum, you know. Right. They were all always guys that would grind it out in two different styles: UCLA high post offense and motion. But right. They worked it to, to get the best shot possible. And I and, and and the thing is, I didn't even let my son shoot a three until he was in like seventh grade because he wasn't strong enough. It's like these little right. th- third graders are trying to throw a ball. That was a big it. thing. A big thing. Howard Garfinkel hated the three tools. Yeah, I'm not. I, yeah, I, I okay, also. Okay, so so then, and then um, so that you know, in college, anyways, the best um, the best shooting percentages were the years it was introduced in the '80s. Right. Still stand as the record. So Indiana, for the team record, for has the team three point shooting. Um, thing for that year, all for the courses on the team, and um, and then others that shot more attempts, that had the record for more attempts, the same era, the right. same eighties. Okay, so uh, it's gotten it hasn't gotten better; it's gotten worse. Right. Well, I also think with, with these, you know, if you go to an NBA game or a, or a Division One college game, I don't think the court is big enough anymore for these bodies either. Right, right. No, for the athletes, you know, no. the athletes, you know, you got to no. It's like we almost got to move, make the court bigger, and move the hoop up or something for these big guys because it's like it's crazy. It's not, you know, it's mm-hmm. not. Your, yeah. At some point, I think. Yeah, there was talk at one point of moving it to eleven or twelve feet of the basketball. 
Right. It would change the game again. It sure would change the game yeah. again. Um, all right, so I'm going to yeah, do my like, – I'd like to see – I'd like to see big man play come back. I know. You know what I'm saying? It's a struggle. Uh, it's a struggle. I had a great big man that ended up going to Dartmouth about six seven, And, uh, yeah, it's a struggle. Everything's moving away from that. And everyone, you know, it's moving five out and, you know, the post-up game and, you know, the big guys don't get the benefits they used to get inside. And I think a lot of that's changed. Um, all right, so let me do my rapid fire. This is going to be me. Real quick question. First thing comes to mind, give me an answer. Um, what is your favorite basketball brand? Uh, my favorite basketball is Spalding. Spalding. Okay. Um, one word to describe your ideal. Uh, one sporting event you could go to in the world. Uh, yeah, I love that. that. Yes. I've been to the Final Four. Masters would be definitely high for me, too. Um, favorite pregame meal? Uh, that's, that's good. It, it can be a variety. Steak seems to be the most common in that one. One thing uh, you do to relax. Uh, listen to me. Okay. Best. Um, Michael Jordan. Best player of all time. Will Chamberlain. Ooh, you're, you're out. Michael, Michael's got about 90% answers on these. One thing that helped you become a better coach. Talking to people. Yeah. And, and, and a side note before we go on, kids don't talk when they play the game of basketball anymore. It's crazy. That's one of my pet peeves. But um, best game you have seen in person? In person. Uh, God, there's so many. That's, 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 I can't answer that. I mean, okay. I, I probably would say the state tournament the first time we won our state tournament. Yeah. That, it was I an go, overtime. And we, we ended up winning one in triple overtime at state finals in triple overtime. Right. It's like it's sometimes – the one that you're in. Um, one one word to describe your coaching style. Intense. Uh, best bench player of all time. Michael Cooper. Uh, best basketball coach of all time. Bob Hurley. Uh, one book you would recommend. One book I would Oh, Basketball Methods by Pete Moore. Um, what one thing you would uh, let a one thing you would tell a young coach? Uh, know your game. Mine is be yourself too. You know, right, right. you can go to these clinics and all these coaches are great, but you can't be, you're not, not going to be the next you Bob. Can't take, you take one, you take one thing or something from people, you know? Right. It's kind of like going to smorgasbord. Um, well, thanks for, thanks for being on. I really appreciate this. This was a lot of fun. No, no, no problem. Thanks a lot for having me on. Steve. Thanks coach. Hey coach. Hope you enjoyed that. If you did, go join teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. You, you want to become a better basketball coach, let me help you. You know, where else can you find a mentor for, you know, a dinner at McDonald's, basically. Let me help you. Um, not only resources and communities and handouts and one-on-one -on -one calls and office hours, it's got a little bit of everything that will help you become a better basketball coach. Also, go over, um, subscribe and like, leave a review. And if you're going to do any shopping on Amazon, click down below. We would appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.